start today, I thought I'd talk about, you know when you walk into Disneyland and there's this moment where as soon as you walk through the gate, you have to perk your ears because 60% of the time, this is true every single time, if the train whistles, it's a hashtag blessed day. Amen? Now, as you're walking in, you see the Disney flower, the little face of Mickey. You've taken the picture there before. You're an original. You go right past it. Check the princess. Do you have that autograph, Snow White? Yes. Keep moving. Grab the map. No, the map's up here or on your app. Now, you're walking down Main Street. You go to the Indian statue, right? You try to take his knife. It's always stuck in there. You can't do it. You pass the Starbucks line. You tell everybody you're with, this is why we went to the drive-thru. They say, you're a genius. You're always so correct. You look at the ice cream. You decide it's too early. But then you hit the end of Main Street, and it's decision time. Which fast passed first? And here's what I want to tell you about. Now, this was, this was many moons ago. All right, now one time I went to Disneyland and I got the Fast Pass. It was for Haunted Mansion. This was still when they were the little paper cards. It was Halloween time, maybe it was Christmas time. You never can tell during that time at Hollywood Mansion, but you don't really care because you have a mint julep. Now that pass, when you have that pass, this little paper invitation, or now it's on your phone, you get to cut in line. And when you have that, I mean, you just know in your heart that this is how God intended your life to be, right? You are above waiting in line. And if you have to wait at all, you're like, this is ridiculous. I have my fast pass. I am above these peasants. Let me through. I am not waiting. Well, here's the story. We get to the front of the line, and my daughter, she's learning responsibility, and she wanted to hold her own fast pass. Well, she lost it. And she starts crying. And I'm like calmly screaming at her, what do you mean you lost it? <laughs> but the lady was like, no problem. Come on in. It happens. Dad's got his. It's okay. Here, have a sticker. That was cool. So flash forward to maybe like three or four trips later, I'm with just my wife this time. And as fate would have it, I lost the paper. <laughs> but don't worry, because I remembered what to do. You get to the front, and you're like, oh, I lost my papers. I'm so sorry. Turns out Tom Haverford was wrong. When a grown man cries, they do not let you in. They do not give it back. They give you no sticker, and you have to wait in line with the rest of the peasants. Now, this is not about the crying. Someone I want to tell you that. It's, not about, it's about the fast pass. You know, that special piece of paper that gets you in. And our text today from Ephesians talks about this, this mystery, a mystery that has been made known and what it means to be let in. So I want to go through the text today. I want to see how that word of God challenges us and also encourages us for our lives today. So we're going to pick up. It's in your bulletin as well. Mr. Cruz is going to throw it on the sides. This is Paul talking to the people of Ephesus. We're picking up at chapter 3, verse 2. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. Here Paul is simply recalling to the people of Ephesus about his conversion. When God came down and said, this man, this man will be my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles. He did that in Acts 9, and then later it was confirmed by the church in Acts chapter 15 when they send him and Barnabas out with the letter saying, this guy's the real deal, listen to his gospel message. Paul continues, in reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. 
this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Gentiles meaning non-Jewish people, right? Members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And I looked at this and I was like, what does it mean not made known? Is Paul preaching like some different gospel message here? There was, was there some secret that wasn't pre, uh, 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 there in the previous years? Well, if we took a look at what the Bible says, and he says revealed by the Spirit there, he's not saying it's brand new because God promised this to Abraham, right? You will be the father of many nations. He says the holy apostles, they're talking about it because they've been preaching this way for a while now. Peter with his time with Cornelius' house. Philip and the Ethiopian. Basically everything that Paul has been telling the Gentiles. Well, what about the prophets? Remember in Isaiah, they said that you will be a light among all the nations. Same thing in Ezekiel. So what is this mystery? Why wasn't it known? And I think it's a good question. There could be a lot of responses because it doesn't say that God didn't know it. It doesn't say that the prophets didn't know it. It doesn't say that the apostles now didn't know it. It's talking about other people. So what could we point to? What could be some of the responses? Well, we could say, you know, it's natural that they didn't think anybody but Jewish people who were the chosen people of God would be included in. It's a way of life, right? Some people are on the inside. Some people are on the outside. That's just how it is. Some would say maybe it wasn't time yet. It just wasn't the right time. But the reason I was drawn to this, the one that I think it really is, is I think that letting people in, that's not easy. Letting people in is not easy. Who knows what could happen, so let's keep them out. Now let me be very clear. This is not a sermon about politics or immigration policy. That topic is important, needs to be addressed, but the pulpit is not the place for that. Here's how this text calls us to live in regards to being the church, the family of believers, and in relation to others about where we and they belong. See, Paul spells it out that the mystery is now known. They're in because letting people in is a challenge. It's a challenge to change. It's a challenge to have a group sing, and suddenly it's hard to find the normal spot that you sit in. Go over to the sanctuary, you sit in someone's pew, you're going to get knifed, right? (laughs) It's never like that here. It's a challenge at lunchtime when we're sitting and someone wants to sit by us and we're like, "Now you need to sit somewhere else. If we let everybody in, then are we still special? If everyone can come in, then what's going to happen? What am I going to lose if I let someone else in? And if I'm being honest, I don't really want to be exposed to them. I don't even like that person. And if we do a hard look, it's probably not that hard to relate to the people of Israel. To relate to the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the people that would try to stop this idea that everyone can come in. Because it's easier and safer to say, No thanks, they can wait in the really long line because I got the fast pass and I'm not dealing with that. There's another side of the coin though too. Keeping people out but also feeling like we don't belong in. Like I don't have a place here. Like my life is far too broken that if the person sitting next to me knew what I had done or what I have been thinking about, they wouldn't want to sit with me. They wouldn't want to serve with me. I don't deserve to be here. 
and at the root of keeping others out and at the root of thinking that we aren't good enough to be here is fear, is false pride, and our lies from the evil one. And those aren't words that you say. Fear and pride and lies are formidable enemies. But there was a reason we were screaming at the top of our lungs saying, fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. There's a reason that pride melts away when we recklessly love one another. And lies are exposed for what they are when we come to the truth, which is the word of God. Paul says, I became a servant of this message, of this gospel, by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Remember, Paul had all the credentials. He was a Jew. He was born. He had the circumcision on the eighth day. He was the Pharisee. He was not lacking for zeal. He's saying all that is worthless compared to what grace has given me in Jesus. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, remember what he had done, this grace was given me to preach to others the boundless riches of Christ. A man who had no business being in gets to be the one who delivers the message. To make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. And then there's these beautiful three verses. His intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the realms and according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is a text that is so much more than about non-Jewish people getting to get in on salvation. This text is all about an invitation to living life in the now differently. An invitation from God for an eternal life and a life now in the present. He invites us to think of ourselves and everyone in a different way. In an open invitation way. Do you see that little line right there? Accomplished in Christ Jesus. It's right there in the middle. Our Lord, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Open invitation for everyone. Take just a moment and try to think who that might be. Who did you think shouldn't be here? Would you be willing to offer them the open invitation to be here? What Christ accomplished, not with a fast pass, but with his death and resurrection, was an invitation to everyone. Everyone can be healed of the deep brokenness and the wrong that is inside of us. Everyone receives an open invitation to cling to hope in broken relationships and in impossible diagnoses and situations. Everyone's invited to the hope of Jesus that restores. Everyone is invited to an open invitation to recreation, to be something new to live for something more, to have a real, lasting, meaningful purpose. This is an open invitation to reorientate the way our family lives, 
to speak a blessing to our child, to remind them of who they are, and to look in the mirror and remind ourselves of who we are, to pray with them, to put God's word in front of them, to bring them here where there is an open invitation to find community and a sense of belonging, not from works or from status, but from Jesus. Open invitation from his grace and mercy, from the boundless riches that come from a life in him. Romans 3 makes it clear. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are all freely now justified by his grace through his redemption. Open invitation to come to him. And if you go just back up, just a little bit more to the first line, through the church. Oh, no, no, no. That's the first verse. Right there, yeah. No, no, no. One more. Boom. Through the church. I did that with my mind, by the way. (laughs) Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Through the church. Through you and I. How amazing that the things that God offers are to be made known through us. The Lord has personally invited each of us to be in his church, to be his child, to be his own, to be the ones who will share Christ with all people. And When we take that open invitation seriously, it makes sense that we need to be about that, inviting others to the hope that we have, to the church where we come to be in the presence of God and to live life together. We can let go of the things that stumble us. And take a chance on letting people in. Now I'm not saying unlock your doors and never lock them. Let everyone into your house. But what would it look like to simply spend time with someone who is hurting and doesn't feel like they belong? What does it look like to take a step and get involved? Because it starts with folding our hands in prayer and then opening them in service. What would it look like to let go of the voice in our head that speaks pain and poison into our mind when we look in the mirror. And instead we can see ourselves as ones who have been given this invitation from Jesus. It starts with folding our hands in prayer and then opening them to receive the body and blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, the made new. Manifold wisdom of God is just saying a bright array of colors that show us the wisdom of God, who is Christ personified. Manifold means many. Each of us is uniquely gifted to share Christ. Same goes for our children. Each of us is uniquely gifted to share Christ. Each of us is uniquely given the ability to love in a way that no one else can. That is the truth of the gospel message. That is the truth that we find in Jesus Christ. You go back to Song of Songs and it says this, that that a huge torrent cannot extinguish love. Rivers can't sweep it away. Let us be the people that will not let differences extinguish our love. Let us be the disciples of Jesus who answer the call to be open, to receive from God what we need and to share Christ daily.